This is the High School Football America podcast for April the 10th, 2020. I'm Jeff Fisher. The High School Football America podcast is brought to you by GameStrat, America's premier sideline instant replay system with outstanding reliability and customer service and different plans priced right for every coach's budget. To get a demo, go to GameStrat.com or click on the GameStrat banner ad located on every page of HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. All right. Everybody keeps saying there's a new norm. And I agree with that. We've all got to do things a little bit differently. But uh, I met this uh, coach, oh, I don't know how many years ago, I think, when we first got together uh, online, at least social media, because that's now a relationship. Uh, when we moved to Laguna Beach, uh, uh, Kevin Swift, a uh, SoCal native who lives in Oregon, uh, kind of hit me up and we became fast and furious friends. He does a lot of great stuff online for coaches. He's been doing it for a long time, uh, heading toward his fourth decade. He comes from a, a long line of coaches. His dad did it, his grand dad did it. We'll talk about that here on the podcast, but Kevin Swift is on the line. And when I say new norm, I I don't know what's changed there in Gold Beach, uh, Gold Beach, Oregon at the high school where he was the former head coach. He is the former head coach and now the athletic director. Coach, welcome to the show and uh, got a lot to cover here. I'm not sure where we're going to start, but uh, just welcome. It's it's, it's fun to have you on here. Hey, it's it's great to to be talking about... um, like you said, the new norms, you know, the world we live in today. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. So, so first off, let's set the tone for the listeners around the nation. You are in uh, God's country. I, and, and as my wife once said about uh, the good Lord, if uh, he didn't live in Laguna Beach, he at least had a second home there. So explain to the people, uh, you know, put on that Chamber of Commerce hat there. Uh, tell them about your little slice of heaven there in Oregon. Okay, well, first of all, you, you got to, you got to understand where I came from and what I wanted. And I know it's hard for anybody to imagine uh, South Orange County ever being rural. (laughs) But in 1959, um, when I was born in what was in Capistrano Beach, San Juan Capistrano, Dana Point was was still not really an official place. Um, You know, it was less than 2,000 people. My dad could hop on the uh, El Camino Real because the freeway didn't come past Tustin Air Base. Oh wow! And and you could get to San Gabriel um, in in an hour. Um, and housing was affordable. It was citrus cattle ranchers, uh, a huge Basque population of citrus growers. It, it was really small and rural, mm-hmm. um, and it grew up really fast around me. I, I tell the people in Oregon, I go, wait a minute. All of your timber ruined where I lived. It's only fair. It's only fair that I come up and screw with you guys a little bit. Um, so you know, in in 1997, um, I was teaching at Warren High School in Downey. Um, I was taking the train from San Juan Capistrano to um, to Norwalk and then pedaling my bike rapidly through. Norwalk over to uh, Downey to the high school and, and back and um, and we were having our, our first our first child um, and my wife kind of looked at me and said God get us out of here and I had been I had you know I had always come in second place to uh, other coaches with experience for head coaching jobs so I saw this advertised in um, Gold Beach. Is a community of about 1,800. Uh, it used to be the plywood capital of the world during the Vietnam War. Mm. Um, 
But like a lot of um, natural resource communities along the coast, primarily logging and fishing, um, logging um, has has become automated. Um, They love to tell you that environmentalists have shut down logging and we don't log, but there's three logging crews in our in our town, and we're logging just as much as we always have. But like any industry, they want to get rid of labor, so they've mm-hmm. automated. Um, so, you know, we um, and we used to have a huge commercial uh, fishing fleet, and with the restrictions and the changes that. So Gold Beach is a is a town of about eighteen hundred two thousand. Um, when I got here in 97, it was really middle class uh, because the doctors, kids, we have a hospital, brand new hospital. Um, the jet boat owners, the lawyers, um, and that, and police chief, their kids were coming through school. Um, we, in the last 10 years, have kind of evolved into a retirement community for California's escaping high taxes and high costs of living. So we're becoming, you know, I got here in 97. The high school was 290. Uh, we've probably gone up a little bit in population, but the high school has shrunk to about 125. Oh, wow. Um, it's, right, it's right on the Pacific Ocean. I look out my classroom back window um, at the Pacific Ocean um, and the mouth of the Rogue River, which is... Um, uh, distinguished as a wild and scenic river in the United States. I think there's five of them. Um, I got, in fact, I'm looking out my window and I got about five uh, black-tailed deer bedded down in my yard just hanging out. So, uh. yeah, I, I, I live in the woods and I, I coach in a high school that, <laughs> where I used to coach at a high school that sits right on the beach. Um, uh, you know, I came up here because, you know, I'm, I'm, an, I'm a surfer and fisherman. I probably don't surf as much as I used to at 60. I probably do more fishing <laughs> to fill the fridge. But um, a, a couple things. I wanted a rural setting to raise a family in. Um, I wanted to own a house, and I have a wonderful house uh, on an acre and a half in the middle of the woods on a creek. Um, it's certainly not Orange County fancy, but it's a beautiful house in a beautiful location. Um about three blocks from the high school, and life is good. It uh, sounds like that's uh, you, yeah. It's, it, I mean, no place is perfect. No, no place. Trust me. I, I mean, it, it's been really good, and we did some we did some amazing things, and we continue to do some amazing things here, both athletically, academically, and as a community. And I'm glad to be part of it. They, they always tell me, "Hey, you've been here long enough. You're a local now." I'm like, "No, no, no, no." <laughs> I, I prefer the outside um, label. Um, a welcomed outsider. That's the way, uh, that's the way <laughs> Keeps people so, at arm's no. distance. <laughs> so, no, we came up in 97, and, and um, it was never my intention to spend more than five or six years here. You know, like every head coach, you know, I was going to do my five, six years, turn a program around, parlay it into a, a, a bigger school, better job. Not, not a lot bigger. But, you know, Oregon is still primarily a rural state. I mean, we get the I-5 corridor, but most of the state is extremely rural. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of one-horse towns. So I, I was going to parlay it then. And, you know, you move your wife and your brand-new four-month-old 900 miles from everything they 
know in 97 and after about the fifth or sixth year here, I said, so I'm going to start looking for jobs. And my wife said, why? We're not moving. <laughs> um, and I went, oh, and, and if you know me, it, it would be considerably easier to find a job than to find another wife. Um, <laughs> so, uh, oh, you know, you've we, got, you've got we, some we, stories there. No, we've stayed put. I mean, it, and it's, you know, I still have the itch to coach, you know. We were talking about the other day because there's some schools that have talked to me, but we, we we both don't think it's a real good time for me to go on an adventure um, <laughs> this next six to 12, you know, because she's come back and said, look, you know, I know you're retired from Gold Beach. I know you're not interested in coaching eight man, um, you know, and she's said, you know, if, if you want to go live with a buddy or you want to take a trailer and go live and coach and teach someplace and by all means keep direct deposit so the money comes directly to us i'll let you i'll let you do that and, and i kind of doubted her sincerity about it but i think but with this pandemic and with um i think school when it starts in the fall is going to be something totally different i don't think anybody can predict what it's going to look like. And, and that's, I wanted to ask you, because that's the way I started. I said new norm, and you know, new norm definitely in New York City, new norm in Los Angeles. And before we rolled the tape here, you said there are some things happening there. So what's the new norm in, in the very rural part of America where you live? Well, we're, we're closed, and we're supposed to be providing uh, distance learning. Um, and we're supposed to be trying to provide that online and uh, provide our kids with technology and because we're not a, a really wealthy community now, most of our kids um, are low income. I think we're like 70, 78% free and reduced lunch. So we got to provide them with Chromebooks and notebooks, which isn't the big deal. I think the bigger deal is, is the infrastructure in our community set up. I mean, there's a lot of little canyons that are, you know, forest and, and mountain lined, you know, can Wi-Fi, can, can internet get in there? Um, what about the parent that doesn't have internet that can't afford it? Mm -hmm. And everybody says, well, Spectrum and them are all providing it for free. Well, yeah, about the same way the government's providing small business loans right now. <laughs> um, they say that they're providing it, but putting everything in place, to make it happen instantaneously, you know, isn't, isn't there. Um, you're asking teachers that have been classroom teachers, I don't know, 35 years to all of a sudden uproot everything they know and change things to online curriculum. Oh, at the same time that your state's department of ed can't make up their mind what they want to do and, and I'm not blaming, it's not anyone's fault. I mean, this, this is not something we've rehearsed. I bet you we start rehearsing it in the future. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, um, so it, it's a work in progress. We ju I just got done with a Zoom meeting and we talked about the difficulties in Zoom and we talked about, well, hey, one answer is to record the meeting and that way you're safeguarding yourself. But then you come back with, well, you're recording a kid in his home, and that's privacy, and that's illegal. Oh, so yeah. How much, you know, we're all pushing technology, but 
there's still a whole bunch of attorneys out there <laughs> that are going to, you know, that are going to find that you're doing something wrong. Um, so, and I'm not anti-attorney, but, you know, they are the creature that they are. Um, so it, it's all, it's all. It's all a know, new, no, uh, the new norm. We're not sure what it's going to change, but it's like state of the art. It was yesterday. Uh, Kevin Swift right. on the line here. And uh, as you can tell, right. I can ask one question. He'll be able to go on forever and ever. I want to talk a little um, little football here now, though. I, okay. I mentioned at the top, you, you, you got dad, you got granddad, you're the third generation. Uh, I think I, I used this term just a little while ago on an interview I was doing uh, with a, uh, a, a gentleman uh, who was on one of the staffs who's uh, been doing it for 40 four years same school I said he's a walking dinosaur and made the coach chuckle so you're at 35 you're almost on the cusp even though you're not coaching right now uh tell me a little bit about that lineage there in your family tell me about your great granddad tell me about your dad what do you have in you that comes from them as far as a coach have you ever taken a well, inventory on how you're like them my uh my granddad um, was a servant leader. He um, was born in 1900, served in World War One, became the fire chief of Beverly Hills. And if you know anything about fire, you know, it's three days on, four days off. Um, and when he was off, he would volunteer at Hamilton High School hmm. um, in, the, in Culver City, you know. Um, the Yankees. The uh, um, Were they the Yankees then? Uh, yeah, the Yankees and, and the ugliest school colors known on the planet, forest <laughs> green and brown. Um, but um, he he would coach there, and then um, his daughter uh, met my father, and uh, they, they both went to Hamilton High, um, and Dad played at L.A. Valley Junior College, and won a mythical junior college championship and then uh, played at uh, Pepperdine when Pepperdine wanted to be a real university and field a football <laughs> team. Um, and, uh, and went into coaching in uh, 1958, joined uh, uh, the staff and, and a science and math teacher at South Pasadena High for a, a legend in California, a guy named Ray Solari. Uh He worked for uh, Ray until 66 and then went to a South Torrance um, and then went to a junior high ball, junior high in Anaheim. And then about that time, as I was approaching um, high school, uh, Prop 13 came around and changed forever the way we educate kids on the West Coast. Um, so he went to work for, uh, got out of coaching because he didn't want to coach his own kid, sent me to Servite. And became a teacher um, for the Department of Ed in Orange County, working at their juvenile facilities. Um, when I got out of high school and went off to college, uh, he went over to Santa Ana Valley and coached freshman football till he retired in 2011. Oh, wow. It's not been that uh, long ago. Wow. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's 84. He just turned 84 on the 26th of January. Um, he's going stir crazy because he's still in Southern California and he's on lockdown and he's never been really good at doing what he's been told. Um, <laughs> so, um, although I don't know many 83 year olds 
that think anybody who's younger than them can tell them what to do. Um, yeah. And so I kind of, you know, their very first baby picture of me was holding a football and a bottle of Coors propped up <laughs> against the wall. And so I, I kind of think, I kind of think, you know, for a long time, I value go off to school, become a dentist, become a dentist, become a dentist, become a dentist. And they tried, like, like I tried to talk my daughter out of going out of, don't go into education. You'll be poor. Don't go, you know, you won't be, mm-hmm. a pre- you won't like it. Um, and I think they did that knowing that I would in, become an educator teacher, but they wanted to make sure that they painted a, a, a true gloomy picture of what it was. They tried. And they so, they gave it a shot. <laughs> right. So after a year of pre-dental, I kind of looked in the mirror and said, do I really want to look down kids' throats my whole life? Um, and went into coaching and, and broke in at Claremont Colleges with a guy named John Zenda. And I've been coaching and an educator. Uh, and that, that was 19... 19- 83, 84, and I've been coaching and teaching ever since. Wow. Um, and thank you for that, by the way. There's a, you, I, I, people know me when I get on this podcast. I, I have to brag about the coaching profession. Teaching's important, don't get me wrong, but coaches do both, right? And uh, it, it's just so incredible that you do do what you do. And I said earlier, I wasn't being disrespectful when I said a walking dinosaur, but I really believe the, the, the guys that are over three decades and four decades, I have guys in Pennsylvania that went you know five and a half, six decades. Those people aren't going to exist anymore. And I know you're a historian and you love knowing the game as well. But do you agree with me that the guy, the burnout now, the the old guys are going to be guys that go 10, 15 years. The guys like yourself that go 35 or beyond, your your dad, I think you said, went five decades, right? I mean, do you agree that if you're 44 years in the game and you're still coaching, you are a dinosaur that's walking around? And I I mean that in the best of ways, not the worst of ways. My daughters daughters call me T-Rex because like any good Irish Catholic, I talk. Talk with, I talk with my hands and I hold them in and, and she goes, dad, look in the mirror. You look like T-Rex. So <laughs> I, I think, I think, um, I, I think the South still continues to do it right. And I think in the South, you still have a chance for a guy to coach three or four decades mm-hmm. because in the South, you got to be an educator to coach. Right. And, and Hollywood has not done us any favor. I don't know if Hollywood does anyone any favors, but, you know, I'm sorry. I think the best teachers have always been coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, they got to do, di- do differentiated instruction all the time. Um, you know, they look at, at, at data all the time. You know, we've gone to teaching now where it has to be t- data-driven. Well, that's coaches have been doing that for 100 years. Um but Hollywood has always portrayed us in, in a negative light most of the time. Um, recently, I think they've done a good job, I think, with Remember the Titans. When, but when I go back and think of the, the Nick Nolte movie Teachers, oh, yeah. you know, the head football, the head football coach was a buffoon. Yep. <laughs> you know, um, and, and so I think in the South where you're still required, and I'm talking primarily Texas and Georgia and Alabama. I, I don't know enough about Florida to make judgments. They don't. There, they, they but, pay. Um, they pay the worst. There, nobody wants to stay in the profession, which is so sad. 
Um, but on the West Coast, I think what's killing the person from doing it for three decades is not the coaches. It's the administration. Um, number oh, one, yeah. I think administrators out West. Um, look, hey, winning state titles and creating a great program, I'm high maintenance. I'm a royal pain in the ass. I mean, every administrator out there, at least on the West Coast, I cannot speak for anywhere else but the West Coast, really wants to go eight and three. You get to the playoffs, you win one, and you lose, and the parents are all relatively happy. <laughs> for, a, for a guy like me that wants to go 14-0, and 0, that takes a huge community school shift in culture, desire, and all that. My argument has always been, well, you want to do great on state assessments. How is the state football assessment any different? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, uh, dinosaurs, old football coaches, we're a pain in the ass. Um, and it used to be okay we were a pain in the ass when most of the administrators were ex-military, ex-coaches themselves. But as schools and, and demographics has changed, um, principals would much rather hire a walk-on coach. And at the minute the sign of any kind of parent rebellion – you can get rid of them, not lose a teaching position, and hire the, the next latest cliche or, or style, you know, style in. And, and football has become, football, in my opinion, has lost a great deal of its substance for its values of the game for the small little um, glitter. You know, I can get a scholarship. Mm-hmm. I can play college ball. You know, you're running a... a you're running, and I'm in Oregon, so I can say this. You're running Oregon's offense um, <laughs> and, and all that thing. Well, yeah, and I, and I finished three and six, um, and I do it, it, do that. I, I think as a society, I think we've lost the value of high school athletics, in a particular high school football. Um, the country was founded on individual freedom. I teach this every year. This country was founded on individual freedom. But every one of those forefathers would have given up an aspect of their individual freedom for the greater good of the team, Team America. Mm-hmm. And so while I respect everybody's personal opinion, what are you willing to sacrifice for the greater good of the country or in Gold Beach's case, you know, the team? I always tell the kids there's no individual glory until there's, you know, group glory, team glory. You know, you want to make first team all state, you better darn make sure you're one of the last four teams playing in the playoffs. That's not my rules. That's just the way the rules are. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, um, one, I think the pressures on coaches and coaches' families um, is is much higher with social media, Facebook, and, and while... 90% 90% of social media is outstanding. You know, we kind of saw firsthand last weekend the ugly side of social media. Sure did. And, technology. and, and that scars families. I mean, my daughter sat, my daughter was five years old, sat in my room and read an old-fashioned community newspaper and was reading the letters to the editor, and there was a letter in there demanding that I be fired. She's reading it out loud to her dad. She goes, Coach Swift might be a great teacher, but he's a loser on the football field, and we need to win. And my daughter looked up at me with tears in her eyes and said, Dad, 
you know, are you a loser? And I'm like, well, technically, yeah, this year, honey, I am. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that's where it goes. And and she was upset. I go, look, I, I teach government. That letter and, and, the, and the editors of the paper were family friends. And they called and said, I said, you got to print it. And, and I, I would condemn you if you didn't print it. Um, so I, I think, man, it, it's hard to be a coach. I mean, it, number one, you don't get paid anything. Um, uh, two, everybody in the stands knows more than you do. Mm-hmm. I mean, every. Um, and and I I can understand that because knowledge and learning about the game is at, is at the fingertips of everybody today. But I think the grind on families. I think the lack of administrative support. Um, it, people just aren't interested in banging our heads that much. And I, and I, you know, I, I know a guy that was at Redlands high school, a really good high school in Southern California, chased the dream and went to Texas and, and just fell in love with Texas football. But after two years in Texas, he got out of education totally. And he's a day trader now. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm not sure he wants to be doing that now. Um, <laughs> I was going to just say that, but I thought I let you riff. You're on a roll. But I mean, I think a lot of coaches in general are getting out of education. Yeah, it's sad. Well, I, mean, I, I just uh, had Strunky on the other day. He just he's he's hung, hanging up the whistle after 25 years. Now he's only 43, but I mean, you know, I let him go on and riff about the fans out there, and it wasn't to rip the fans. What I allowed him to do was go inside the profession of what you do, which includes leaving your family to coach other kids and spending more time with other kids and all that. And that's the thing that kind of uh, you know, it's a podcast, so I can say pisses me off about the, right. the, the, the quote-unquote high school football fan that is going to sit in the stands and know more than you do or your staff knows. That, it's just it's uncalled for, and, and to me, that's why I think that you, you know, the walking dinosaurs, the, you will, they will become dinosaurs at some point, and then you're left with a bunch of people that maybe you're going to hire them based upon the number of followers they have on Twitter. I don't know. Well, I mean, buy-in... Getting buy-in is is and I and I had a chance to go down to Port Isabel and spend four days with Jason and, and what a quality individual. Yep. I mean, just a, just a a man with a huge heart who wants to do absolutely everything he can for every kid that he comes in contact with, every assistant coach. And you know, I don't know the history of Port Isabel, but from an outsider who spent you know three four days down there, he was busting his tail to make it happen. And, and the negativity was visible to an outsider mm-hmm. and it wasn't negativity from him. It wasn't negativity from his staff. It was negativity from everybody on the outside looking in. Um, my first five or six years here, I think there was a petition that get rid of me every year. And finally in 2003, I got all the parents together and, you know, and, and I may not look really bright, but I'm a little brighter than I think. I got everybody <laughs> together in the gym. I said, look, let's try something for a year. I go, quit writing your petitions, and the next time you guys start one, bring it to my house first so I can sign it. <laughs> I go, but why don't we try doing everything I asked for a year? You know, when I got here, they said, well, we don't need a weightlifter in the summer. I go, yeah, you do. Oh, we don't need to do a summer camp. Yeah, I mean – 
everything that I said they had to do, it's kind of funny. And, it, and I think it goes in, in every line of business. They hire you because you're an expert and they want you to change the culture. But then when you get there to do it, they say no. Mm-hmm. Well, what the hell did you hire me for? So I got all the parents in together. And I think they all came because I thought I was, they thought I was going to resign. But I said, <laughs> let's do this. Let's do everything that I asked for one year. If I say we need the weight lift year round, we need the weight lift. If we need to do a better job at our own team camp, we need to do a better job. If the seniors need to go to modern day for nine days so coach can surf in some warm water, they need to do that. <laughs> and I go, and more, and more importantly, if I tell Johnny to carry the football this way, I don't need his dad who played on the 1960s Gold Beach team to say, Coach Swift doesn't know what the shit he's talking about. You hold it this way. And I go, and this is why. It's not that dad's wrong and I, or I'm wrong or right, but I go, he plays for me. And I have to own the results. So why are you, why are you, why are you changing what I'm, I'm telling them? I go, just shut your mouth for a year. Just please stick a little bit more chewing tobacco in there and <laughs> shut up. And I go, and if, if we don't, if we're not successful, I will be more than willing to retire as football coach, leave, do whatever you want. Well, holy cow, we went to the state finals. Not because my exes knows we're better than anybody. Not because I'm a better coach than anybody. I finally got a community to buy in to a plan. And starting in 93 until 2013, the, the plan ran like clockwork. Um, uh, and, but, but that's where coaches get hung up. They do five, six years. They can't get buy in. They don't have an administrator backing them up. So a lot of these coaches are getting out of it. They'll never admit this publicly, but yeah, you know, I'm not a very good coach. It's time to focus on just teaching or it's time to get out of teaching and, and, you know, sell, sell life insurance, you know, whatever it may be. And they're leaving the profession because, and again, they won't admit this publicly, but they don't see themselves as being good at it and being successful. And, and I got news for you guys. I just got done with my third Oh, for season. I mean, I get, I get the feelings. I get the remorse. I get the feelings that it's your fault. I, I, I get all of that. Uh, one, a little humility is good for everybody. Amen. Uh, if you can't, you can't expect the kids to deal with adversity. If you can't deal with it, um, and start measuring successes. And another way, you know, I just got done reading uh, John Wooden's uh, book on leadership, and, and he starts off by saying, success shouldn't be judged by wins. Right. It should be judged by effort, and did you get better? And and I think I think we get too hung up on wins. I mean, I, my best year coaching was this last year. We struggled to get 19 kids to play. So we could play 11-man one last year. Um, we didn't forfeit a game. Um, we didn't quit in the middle of a game. Um, we got our asses kicked. Uh, but we got our asses kicked because we didn't have enough depth and we didn't have enough players. And 
we, we weren't very good and, and it, the kids weren't buying into the culture like they used to because they're different kids. But by George, everyone on our schedule got a game of Gold Beach. They played hard. We honored our commitment. Nobody quit. They all went on to, to fall sports with good eligibility. Um, now, I'm not going to kid anybody. It friggin' sucked. <laughs> and I got, and I got, I got huge stars and, and I don't like that, you know, cause I mean, I'm no different than you. Crap. I'm a shitty coach again. Um, but instead of looking at the glass half full, you know, try, try to look at what you, what you've done. Um, you know, I, I went back in, in 2017 when my coach stepped down that I had hired I really didn't want to go back into coaching, but the community and the school said, you're the only one that can save the program. And I think what we found out the last two years, I can keep the program of support on life support, but I can't save it. I mean, yeah, we're dropping down the eight man, which I think is great. Um, but I, I'm not number one. Those bus rides are even longer now. Um, and two, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not really interested in learning a new game at 60. And then more importantly, this, when I got here in 97, when we lost, it was my fault. And that's really the way it should be. I, nobody likes that, but when you lose, it's your fault. Okay. And the last two years, they keep playing. Oh, they're not very good. Oh, they're not doing what Swift wanted. Oh, this, and that's not right. That's not right for the kids. That's not right for the coaches. Everybody needs a fresh start. Everybody, you know, I'm certainly not the wizard of Gold Beach. I had a good run. Some kids did some amazing things. Kids. Now, I, I didn't tackle anybody or run anybody over. I had some kids that put together some great seasons that have left a legacy at Gold Beach High School. But, you know... I think those are all the reasons that that you're not seeing those dinosaurs yeah. anymore. Yeah, and it's 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 like I said, it's not going to get any better. Uh, Kevin Swift on the line, uh, Gold Beach High School in Oregon, and as you can tell, I think we set a new record here after doing uh, 600 plus of these. Uh, the, the 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 least amount of words ever coming out of Fisher's mouth. But I'm going to wrap up with one thing that I know is near and dear to your heart Sorry. because you told Sorry. me. Not- <laughs> I'm teasing you. Sorry. Uh, it's okay. Sorry. There's nuggets in there forever. You know what? There's more coming out of your mouth that makes sense than out of mine. So li- listen up, coaches. This guy's a, a well of knowledge. But I know one thing near and dear to your heart is, and you do this, I, I see you tweeted out quite a bit on, on Twitter, on your Twitter account there, uh, and, and it, it's that historian in you, right, uh, trying to to make sure that all the great stuff that's come out of this game and your kind of your, uh, what do you call it, your tool chest there or whatever. What, what, t- tell right, people a little yeah. bit about what you're attempting to do there because I think it's very, very cool. So um, I want a Library of Congress for high school football. I mean, in, in essence, that's what I want to create. I want to create a virtual Library of Congress where the high school coaches throughout the country can share their unique resources or what they've collected to a virtual library called the football tool chest and they share it and it's accessible for free. And before I get on, you know, let's get this out on the table. I'm not opposed to any coach making a living. I know what we all get paid. Mm -hmm. 
You know, I, I got no problem with air raid certificates. I got no problem with what all these coaches are doing to try to support their families better financially. That's just not who I am. I, I think if I was 30, 40 years younger, I might be, but you know, I was raised by football coaches. I was taught and mentored by football coaches all for free. Um, and so I'm trying to collect and provide that same thing for the high school coaches, college coaches, junior college coaches, European coaches, youth coaches through Google drive, um, uh, and preserve a library of, of great material mm-hmm. that coaches can access and use. And again, I'm not opposed to anyone making money. Um, it's, it's not, it's just not who I am. Um, that's why our podcasts so yeah, we, are free. I get it. I, I, I applaud you for that. And I don't want to go any deeper. Um, I'm just saying, I, I applaud you for it. And we talked earlier about why guys are getting out of the profession well, you know, December gets, January gets here, and you're spending five, six hundred bucks. A lot of times it's school money, but quite honestly, a lot of times it's individual families' money to go to these clinics all over America. You know, hey, we're going to go to the USA football one. Hey, we're going to go to the AFC one. Hey, we're going to, you know, if you go to uh, Orlando or the USA one, and then you go to the AFC one, and then you go to two Glacier ones, you're into it for $5,000. And I don't know many families that can take a $5,000 hit while you're running around the country looking for the magic wand that's going to make you a better coach. Um, <laughs> I think I think one of the reasons I do it is you can sit from the comfort at home while, you're, while your wife, uh, and let's talk about my household, while your wife is over-reading one of her books or watching her taped episode of General Hospital. Um, I can throw in my earplugs and get on and, and watch an instructional video. I can research an offense. I can look at some video clips, all from the comfort of my home. And so when she's done what she's doing, we can both go out and barbecue and have a great dinner um, and enjoy each other's company on a Saturday night Rather in it, and at six years old, I can't keep up with a 20. You know, I hung out with uh Mitch Singler, he's a running back coach at Duke, and Jack Singler, who's a quarterback coach at uh Central Washington. His dad's a good friend of my family, he's a good friend of me. Bill Singler is the head coach at South Medford. But you know, me and Bill are in our 60s, and you know, we got these two young coaches, and, and we I finally turned to Bill and I go. I'm not even going to try to stay up. <laughs> and it's then I'm not just talking about their drinking. I'm talking about, you know, they're going to 20 talks. They're finding a guy in the lounge at, at 1030 at night and spending an hour talking. You know, everyone thinks, Oh, he's talking about coaches and, and, you know, drinking beer. And you don't see that in young coaches much anymore. They are chasing knowledge and chasing away to get better like I've never seen before. But that comes at a sacrifice to a family. Yep. You can't put faith, family, football on your profile 
and not walk the walk. If you're gone from your family six weekends during the off season, take the family and move it behind football and see how much your family likes that. Hmm. Um, you know, um, I, I tell people all the time, yeah, I'm the head coach, but I have to answer to a head coach too. And she's called Julie and she runs the household. And, and while we're both equal, um, we both have spheres of influence and domains. And when I leave Gold Beach High School and I drive up my lonely dirt driveway, um, I'm going from being the athletic director, the head football coach, to being a husband and a father. And then a lot of times that means she's the head coach. Yep. You said that the other night to me uh, on hey, Twitter. Hey, I don't decide what's for dinner ever. <laughs> I may offer some suggestions, and I may be the one who's cooking it, but I don't decide. Um, you know, it's like last week. Um, we get it every two weeks. We have a cleaning lady, and she came last. I'm like, I'm like, honey, we're supposed to be on lockdown and quarantine. And she looked at me. She goes, great. So we're going to have somebody come and clean our house and disinfect our house. And I'm like, honey. And so I let it happen. So she came to me um, Monday because it's supposed to be this Thursday again. She goes, so I just want you to know that the cleaning lady will be wearing a mask this time, but she's coming again. (laughs) And I'm like, I go, you are aware of the fact that I'm 60. You are aware of the fact that I'm asthmatic. You are aware of the fact that I'm a little overweight. And she goes, she goes, and I'm aware of the fact that I got a really good life insurance policy. We'll be okay. Oh um, man. Well, so, um, that, you know, that's what I do it for. You know, I, I love the profession and, and I'm alarmed just like you are, Jeff. We got great young men. But we need to find a way to keep in the profession. Yep. We need to find ways to say, hey, you are being successful. Quit looking at the scoreboard. Quit looking at the league standings and look at your kids' GPAs. Look at your graduation rate. Look at the numbers of kids you got out. Look at how many you're keeping off. This. I, mean, I mean, I get the pay part because every time we turn around the federal government, or the state is giving us another parental responsibility with no extra salary. I I get that. I get that. Um, But it's our calling guys. Don't walk away from your calling. Yeah. Um, Because then you'll regret it. I don't think anybody that's left the coaching profession, well, they may be making more money now and her family may be happier. I, I, I don't think many will tell you that they don't miss it tremendously. Um, and so, you know, that's... Uh, you you, know, you said a lot there. No, nah, you said a lot. <laughs> well, we appreciate you. Uh, I, I let you go because there are so many nuggets in there. I mean, three generations. The last thing I'm going to wrap up with here, and I, I only got about two minutes left on the tape here, so you okay. got to make this one quick, okay? But I did ask you back, back earlier, you know, the third generation here, what's the similarity between you, your dad, and your granddad when it comes to the coaching profession. Can you do that in under 90 seconds? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It has nothing to do with X's and O's. It's all about relationships. It's all about your heart, your sincerity, 
your trust, your salesmanship. Um, it's, 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 when I take the job at Gobi High School, my dad laughed. I go, what's so funny? He's going, well, now you're going to find out what a real coach is. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, you're going to step back in time. You're not going to have assistants. You're not going to have student trainers. You're going to have to do it all. And he, and he was right. And I think the first thing you find out is my X's and O's aren't any better than anybody else's. My ability to build relationships is better than a lot of people's. And I, I think that's, I, I think that's what's transcended. If you talk to the kids who played for my dad, and I don't know if there's any kids that played for my grandfather still around, um, but they will tell you about the, the unbelievable relationship they had with my father. Um, I, I'm told all the time by people in Oregon, the coaches in Oregon can't stand you, but the kids that played for you will take a <laughs> bullet for you. Um, oh. And... And, and, and my kids, I, my kids love me ultimately because how much I love them. I, I think you get out of it what you give to it. And I, I love my kids. Uh, I, I love them with all of my heart. Um, and I think when you do that, you get it back. And, and, and how can you be successful unless you love who you're working with and what you're doing? There's a lot in there, folks. Kevin Swift, thank you for all you do, will continue to do, uh, and I uh, appreciate your friendship, and uh, we're going to give you as much publicity about that. To let's grow that uh, that toolbox there and get uh, all kinds of stuff from around the country. Take care of yourself, my man. Thank you very much, Jeff. The High School Football America podcast is brought to you by GameStrat, America's premier sideline instant replay system with outstanding reliability and customer service and different plans priced right for every coach's budget. To get a demo, go to GameStrat.com or click on the banner ad located on every page of HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. 